0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lacadaisical Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan, and with me today we have Ben.
1: No, you don't, I'm not here.
0: <laughs> we don't have Ben. We also have Vinny.
1: No, I really feel like it.
0: Alright, we also do not have Vinny. Uh, do we have Patrick? uh yet we, <laughs> instead of. Man. We have a face hugger. <laughs> we have a face oh, hugger. What the hell? So, <laughs> this is a whole new cast we have going today except for me, um, and I'm only here for the intro, so I'll see you guys later.
2: Good Fuck this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Patrick left a call, too. Like, oh, <laughs> this
3: oh,
1: that's good. Oh, <laughs> that's great. I hope you edit in the fucking Discord leave call sound. Nah, I, I won't. That's- that's too much effort to find. Yeah,
2: he's- uh, No, it's he's not. Can, he's I one... bet you can find it on YouTube.
0: You know, I probably could.
2: You're just one of the really lazy editors that like puts poor effort into the podcast. You know, I've been noticing this over the last few weeks, and we need to evaluate the and have a sit in <laughs> meeting about the reevaluation. Podcast. Uh, he does oh. a
3: better job than I ever did for like the two episodes that I did, <laughs> <laughs> or, no, the three, the three. Yeah, because I think it was the first. Because I ab- I edited that three hour episode. Oh God, yeah, that was terrible.
0: But yeah, um, how's everyone doing today?
3: Pretty good. I'm fucking tired. Yeah. I'm gonna be low as, low as fuck with the energy level.
0: It's okay. It happens. At least it's just you this time and not most of us. Yeah. It happens. So, and and, and Patrick, what about you?
2: I got three hours of sleep. I'll be fine.
0: You sound better than last week, and you sound more energetic than the week before, so.
2: it's because I was up and watching wrestling, because I needed to catch up on, like, well, three days' worth. I'm, I'm so glad. am glad to sit there and watch the rest of Mania, to sit there and watch up, stay up all night watching this G1 supercar and I just finished t- uh, TakeOver before we recorded. <laughs> yeah. Now you need to go watch Bloodsport. I'm not watching that. I'm not watching Norizuki murder an innocent man. <laughs>
3: Josh Barnett's not a very innocent man. <laughs>
2: Anyone, everyone's innocent when you compare it to a Suzuki. <laughs>
3: no, no. Have you seen Josh Barnett?
2: I haven't seen Bloodsport. Are you no. gonna? Are, hold,
3: hold on. Are you gonna say Tomohiro Ishii's an innocent man?
2: <laughs> He's just a pit bull that wants love. <laughs> you said pit bulls aren't bad. I can
3: I can't. I can't argue. He's all right. Go you got me there.
0: So. Before we move on to the topics, so I want to I want to ask y'all about a meme I've been seeing surfacing on, on Twitter, Twitter lately. If you, I'm sure Patrick has, but have the rest of you seen the meme where it's just a it's CJ from San Andreas and he's it's oh it's, yeah oh, that shit. one the green again. screen of him walking going ah oh, shit here we go again yeah. I've and seen it. and everybody's editing that into everything, and it's fucking hilarious. I love first, it. It's my favorite meme of this year so far.
1: <laughs> first time that I saw that, that was right when the uh, when that shooter in New Zealand did the oh thing God. and said, "Oh, got uh, really dark,
3: man. Thank you."
1: Sorry, I'm, i th- that I was not the first ex- time I saw it, and it was it was somebody captioned it, uh, "Pewdiepie when he wakes up tomorrow." Oh, <laughs> shit. Here we go shit. again.
0: Fuck. Well, I didn't know it started that long ago, but I've just been seeing it—a surge of it on Twitter—the past couple days, and it's like,
1: it's—it's it's funny. I agree. It's probably it, the best meme this year. Like
0: it—it's—it's it's funny.
1: Have you seen it yet, Patrick? I assume you have.
2: I've seen. I'm probably like the first one that sees memes out of any one of That's us. That's
0: what I figured. You're—you're you're usually <laughs> the memeiest here. But yeah, I just I think it's great because it's it. One, the green screen of it is so like wholesome, like clean. There's a Pokemon one that said uh, whatever gym leader, and I was like, ah shit, here we go again. You know, it, it's just it's great. I love it. I saw like four of them this morning while I was waiting at the doctor's, and it just made me laugh. <laughs> it was great. Ah oh,
1: shit, here we go again.
0: Here we go again. Yeah, I just want to see what y'all thought about that before, and because I, great. Just, I found that funny. I love it's, that meme. It's it's my favorite so far. I don't like it's it's. If if it's it started because of you know that timing that you mentioned, Vinny, that you know that's not too good, but um I hope it's uh more wholesome than that. But uh oh. What tweet did Patrick link?
3: Oh I, was I am just scared. making a random noise. <laughs> oh wait, did he link a tweet? Oh son of a bitch. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Patrick.
2: Now, th-
0: now that we've seen like that, I think it's time we jump into the topic. I feel like
2: sharing with the class.
0: All right, so starting us off today, I've got us some juicy, juicy leaks. So juicy that we literally had to call Mario and Dr. Mario and Luigi and Wario and even Waluigi, maybe, because they're all plumbers, right? They're all, you know, they should all be plumbers. Well, not, not Dr. Mario. Mario. Well, Dr. Mario, no, but he can, know, give them Adderall or something to help them, you know, fix, fix the stuff, you know. Cause he's a doctor. Dr.
3: Mario knows how to plumb <laughs> in the form of a prostate exam. Oh. <laughs> some leaks.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> also, yes, Patrick, those are some leaks. I appreciate that. Uh, Patrick makes some genuine leaks. <laughs> so. But yeah, uh, Best Buy has leaked Switch games. Um, Apparently, in their, I guess, employee system, it shows games that are supposed to be inventoried or in stock in warehouses. And they were supposedly seeing Persona 5, Metroid Prime Trilogy, and The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past listings in the system. Um, They have since been removed from the system, I think, for employees to just see, but they're supposedly still there in a, I guess, deeper part of the system. But just your standard employees can't access it and see it anymore. But, yeah, so, yeah, again, another resurgence of Metroid Prime Trilogy being a thing. And now A Link to the Past... What's going on? What do you guys think, w- Vinny? You were about to say something.
1: Uh, I just wanted to make sure people know that it's separate from the Link's Awakening entry. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. It is supposed to be. It looks For separate the, from uh, that
1: remake of that.
0: Like it, it, it looks like a Link to the Past, not you know, Link's Awakening.
1: Yeah, no. As I was going through looking at info about this, it, they specifically said that it was a separate entry from the Link's Awakening yeah, entry.
3: Yeah, because Link's Awakening's entry came up and it's already up there for pre-order. Right. So there's no way you can mix it up with that.
0: Yeah, you're not going to have two Zeldas accidentally, so. I just, like, I, I'm i not too surprised at the Metro-Prime trilogy. Persona 5, maybe, but not really. I with, mean, there's you a know, Persona Joker 5
1: coming. S thing that was uh, talked about recently. That might be Persona 5 Switch or whatever. right? Which would be in line of, I think it was Dragon Quest Eleven that had S at the end of the Switch versions title. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't
3: really have anything to do with each other, though. No, but yeah. it could relate to this, possibly,
0: maybe. It's just a shot in the dark. But I think the thing that obviously sticks out here the most is Link to the Past. Are are we getting a, a remake of that alongside Link Between Worlds? Or not Link Between Worlds, uh, Link's <laughs> Awakening? Well,
3: the reason why I think that we are getting a Link to the Past remake now is largely because of the Monolith stuff that came out last week Mm-hmm. maybe the timing of that and this getting added to the database as well as a bonus topic that we're going to be talking about next yeah make me think we're getting two zelda games with the 3ds being dead in the water now they don't have to split teams into handheld and console they can all work on the Switch, so we can theoretically get two Zelda games on the Switch at once. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a very real possibility. It wouldn't be out of the realm of pos- possibility. It, oh. it, the other thing the Realm that, of Blair. The, the other thing that could make that possible is they usually handle most of the work for new titles in house and then give remakes to other studios. Like Grezzo handling the Ocarina and Majora's remakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could have given the Link to the Past remake to uh, Monolith and had...
3: Yeah, but Monolith is in-house.
1: Yeah. Maybe. It could... I don't know. That's just a theory. They could have given the remake to Monolith and have another studio working on...
2: Or another team working on um a new one. I believe when Walmart Canada announces it. Do what? I said I'll believe it when the wa- uh, Walmart of Canada announces it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the uh true confirmation there, isn't it? Walmart of Canada. Yeah.
3: The Walmart Canada is just gonna upload the Nintendo Direct for Rent, two ninety nine. Be a whole month out.
2: No, they're just gonna they're just gonna have everything up on their everything about the Nintendo Switch for the next two years, all their secret titles just up for grabs on the website. I'd be okay with that, and I wanna know what shit's coming. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. E3 will be canceled.
1: E3 is already on
0: its way out anyways. And
2: then instead of clicking, and when he says click on the E3 link, it'll just take you to the Walmart of Canada webpage. Oh my God. (laughs) That'd be great. The source of your leaks, Walmart Canada. Canada. (laughs)
0: sweet. But in this case, it was Best Buy, surprisingly. Already specified, but I feel I should clarify again. I just want to know if it's going to be like in a style of a link between worlds, like the 2.5D, or if it's going to be genuinely, you know, a 2D top-down... Remake or just a port of the original on a cartridge or what? Like, I haven't played through Link to the Past. I've played the first couple dungeons, I think. I need to play through the game fully, but I haven't. I will when I
1: get a cartridge of it, but... I feel like it could go either way because they did do, like, that direct port onto... from the Cinez to the GBA way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then they added Four Swords, So it's possible that they might just do a direct port again and then throw in something like four swords. But also But it's also possible that they could do a full remake treatment like they're giving Link's Awakening. Right. Maybe even running in the same engine.
3: I think it has to be a full remake because doing a port of a Super Nintendo game, like they've got they're they're gonna be having the Nintendo online NES service eventually expanded to being That's the point a virtual I was about console. to
0: make. I yeah, exactly. Like that's exactly what I was going to say was they they have the means to offer the original game digitally. I mean, they did with the Wii, they did with the with the 3DS, I'm sure with the eShop there, with the Wii U eShop, I'm sure it's on there. But regardless, they've had it digitally on their eShop before, whether it be the Wii Shop channel or whatnot. They've they've had it digitally and they had the means to Make it accessible digitally. So it would be a waste to release cartridges of just that old game when they could digitally release it you know, super easily and charge 10 bucks for it or something. For there to be a genuine listing for it like this, I would imagine it would have to be an actual remake that they've kept under wraps and want to just double bang surprise. You know, uh, hey, we announced double that. Double bang? Well, you know, with Link's Awakening remake, now this, that's a double bang surprise. That's what I mean.
3: <laughs> Double bang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I can see where you're coming from. Either way, I it, fans of the game are gonna be really happy if this comes out to be true. Yeah, and I hold zero
0: hope for Metroid <laughs> Prime Trilogy being released this year. I just I I give up now. I don't think it's gonna be out this year. I think it's gonna be next year. Yeah, so you are gonna keep pushing really. it no, back until like it stops no, we're not getting, getting leaked. Anything Metroid. Like I'm not whining about anything, Metroid. I mean, I I got Samus Returns recently. And that's I'm not whining or gonna complain. That is great, but I don't. I just it, realistically it should come out this year. But I don't. I'm not gonna get my hopes
2: up anymore. I got it's my hopes. It's gonna up. come out in June or July. No, it's not. It's horseshit, and I'm buying it. Yeah, Pat, literally, Patrick
0: can't buy it. His money will be gone.
2: <laughs> no, I'm saying that's horseshit. Like the the fact of that is horseshit. He's not. I'm not buying it. I'm well, yeah, I, it I'm back. not buying it either. I'm not buying
1: it either. But it, also, you
0: literally. I don't can't
2: think buy it, it
1: is horseshit. It,
2: look, look, but, it's not
1: coming out until it stops getting leaked. That's that's what I think. They're they're
0: like every time it gets leaked, they're pushing it back six. It's like it's like a kid grinded from the TV, right? You know, they say, all right, you're grounded for a couple days. The kid goes and seeks to turn TV on, and the parents catch him. Oh, nope, you're grounded for three more days. And they do it again and repeat the cycle infinitely until the kid learns his lesson and stops watching TV when he's not supposed to. Same thing with this. They're punishing people for leaking it. Like, nope, nope, now you got to wait. Yeah, sorry, you got to
1: wait. I have a theory. I think (laughs) the actual reason that Prime 4 got pushed back and they said that they restarted it was because people kept leaking the uh, Prime Trilogy. They wanted to release them all together. That
0: has a, I don't think that has any relation because that genuinely was just... Bandai Namco was just doing a bad job with it. Or, no, it was confirmed. that They literally said they weren't doing a good job with it. Um. Hmm. So I, I I don't think that has to do with that. I think Metro Prime 4 being delayed in development is completely separate. They saw that Bandai Namco was making a, a potentially good game but probably shitty and they don't want the returns of the Prime series to be shitty. They needed to be top tier as good as the other games they have it has to be you know if it's gonna keep that trilogy name, fucking yeah. hunters or not hunters but uh
2: federation force aside yeah i think uh, we should just cancel Metro prime four and get federation force 2 on the switch
3: now, I, see look we've already done this shtick before
0: yeah we've all right done, pal we, yeah yeah we so have. don't steal my I even shit went as
1: far as photoshopping one of jordan's tweets let, oh, just let the that did Federation that, Force thing die. Oh,
2: no, you're talking about. Okay, I was talking about the shirt.
1: No, yeah, the, the one shirt one
0: did. Didric did, but Vinny. Yeah, that sweet tweet. shirt. <laughs> Vinny photoshopped a tweet saying that I said buy this game, and it was <laughs> Federation Force.
1: At one point, Samus Returns went on sale, though so I photoshopped in the cover of Federation Force and edited the uh, quoted tweet to say Federation Force was super cheap.
2: Yeah, yeah. go buy Federation Force, the best Metroid game. <laughs> Who the fuck's calling? (laughs) (laughs) I'll answer and tell him I'm not buying it and hang up on him.
0: Did you throw the phone under the bed so the podcast (laughs) didn't pick it up?
1: No, I forgot the phone was in here until it started ringing.
2: And it just got kicked under at some point. Okay. I'm pretty sure Jake was trying to call people during the night.
0: But yeah, Metro Prime 4's development being delayed was just... That's separate because, you know, Bandit and was doing a bad job. Uh, I think I think that has nothing to do with the trilogy being delayed. Is trilogy isn't even being delayed? They're just not announcing it. And I think they, I think it does have to do with it being leaked. Uh, if it wasn't leaked so much, they probably would have announced it by now. But they're just gonna be like, hey, we'll just wait since it keeps getting leaked.
1: The fact like, that it, it, it's been showing up from a bunch of different, mostly trusted people, and now in Best Buy's system, it's. It has to be the fact that it's getting leaked that's making Nintendo not want to release it or announce it.
0: Right. It could, you know, have nothing to do with it. They could not care at all. But at the end of the day, we're still seeing it show up here and there. So now it's showing up in Best Buy and, uh, yeah. At least it's not F-Zero. Well, not at least. Some people wish it was F-Zero. I mean, I wouldn't mind an F-Zero game. I'm not a die-hard fan,
1: but... I've never played an F-Zero game, I'm gonna be honest
0: with you. You need to go and play F-Zero GX.
2: but well, that's really hard, though. No,
3: not
1: Yeah, really. that's not a good starter
3: F-Zero game. Go play F-Zero
2: GX. like, you'll, you'll absolutely hate yourself, because... is that the GameCube hard. one? Yes, GameCube but start one, yes. with
3: F-Zero X on the N64.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. I thought I'm talking about the GameCube one.
3: I was talking about the No, GameCube he one. was talking about GameCube one. I'm not... GameCube one is hard as fuck.
2: Yeah, don't, don't don't ever start off with that one. It's t- that's you'll hit, you'll regret picking up the controller for F Zero game. Okay, I, I I started off with that one. And I, okay. I I enjoyed it. It was fine. But did you beat but, it though? I don't
0: know. I I just played like first two cups. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. Go play the other cups and you'll hate it. I guess so. So. Also, bonus topic, because we're on the topic of Nintendo, Um, sources are saying that another Nintendo Direct is coming April 11th, and this would tie into Joker being released as DLC for Smash Ultimate. Um, But yeah, what were the actual sources? Uh, Gaming Intel's exclusive source, who happens to be correct on several occasions in the past, has commented on the previous leak in a recent message. A source in question has provided gaming intel with an exact date for the upcoming Nintendo Direct. So, Hmm. supposedly we're supposed to be getting a Direct on the 11th is what this leak is saying. Or not. (laughs) A rumor is saying. And I have zero hopes of anything major coming, but it is supposed to be just about Smash and Joker. Yeah, Um, I mean... Supposed to be, we might hear more about Luigi's Mansion Three. That'd be nice. It, it would... I
3: wouldn't expect anything on that till E three.
0: I wouldn't expect I... anything but Smash. If I'm no wait, if, Luigi's if Mansion
3: be... Three is getting a summer release, isn't it? it oh, never miss... mind. It doesn't have a release date yet.
2: I would assume like September or something. Yeah. I
0: I don't know what to expect from this one. I have no hopes of anything you know exciting for me.
3: Yeah, I it mean it's mostly just gonna be Smash stuff, probably. My
0: ex is almost Spring. I'll watch it probably after, uh, unless it streams at a normal time during the day that I'm able to watch it. If it's like early morning, I'll probably just watch it after I wake up or something. And before Prime Trilogy gets released, and everybody on the fucking planet ats me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> every Don't worry, server, that's every this... Twitter second Everyone's you
1: wake like, up, you get spoiled for the entire thing because everybody's telling you about Metroid Prime Trilogy.
0: Everybody's adding me, and I'm like, guys, guys, guys. Let me doesn't wake matter. up.
2: Even yeah. if it doesn't happen, and if you don't watch it, I would just like tweet that at you just to get your hopes up and see if you would notice. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: fuck. If it's not everybody, he's, he's going to see right through that.
0: Mm, I mean, yeah, because I expect...
1: A lot of people to start yelling at you about it. Because you're expect, the Metroid like, guy, pretty uh, much.
0: I would expect four
1: or five people, yeah. Also, you're the Metroid guy. Yeah. I'm make. i expecting another playthrough of all three of the original uh, Prime Trilogy. i when gladly it do gets it, because that's, that's
0: what my channel loves as well. <laughs> but yeah, Rumored Direct coming on the 11th. Uh, hopefully we get some good stuff. I don't think we will. And since we are still on the topic of Nintendo stuff, Vinny's got something related. So
1: you guys know uh
3: Octopath Traveler, right?
1: Yeah. Have any yeah, yeah.
3: Square Enix RPG. That is like classic throwback to Final Fantasy.
1: Have you guys played it yet? I have Not yet, but
3: it. I need to because it's classic Final Fantasy.
1: <laughs> In Korea, It was found that the game is going to have a PC port published by Bandai Namco.
0: Sorry to interrupt your program, but at the time of editing this episode, it has since been confirmed by Square Enix themselves that Octopath Traveler will be coming to PC on June 7th via Steam.
1: Which is a little weird, because it's supposed to be like a Switch exclusive, right? You would think. But so, why is Squeenix? it going on PC? Squeenix.
0: Yeah, I guess. So, I don't know. This type of game, I think it's great for it to get a PC port if it does. It could just be a fuck up because Korea is stupid. But I think the game deserves to have a PC port because it's, just, it's one of those games that seems like it should have a PC port, you know? Like, if it were to have a console port, Switch should be it. Which, you mm-hmm. know, of course, it you know already started on the console, but um, for it to have a PC port, I think it just makes more sense because of the type of game it is. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it doesn't matter.
1: I mean, it's specifically designed for the Switch, so it's expected that you're able to just pick up, play for a little bit, and then if you have to stop, you could stop for a little bit. It's not right. really meant for super-duper long play sessions, I'm assuming. What, well, I Octopath mean Octopath Traveler. Yeah. It's a JRPG, it's absolutely meant for that.
0: Yeah, I mean I was gonna say, I mean uh... it it has it's okay, it it favors. So you only pay the and played the play. demo,
3: right, Vinny? Do I? You only play the demo, right, Vinny? Yeah. Okay, so from what I heard about that game, there's a shit ton of grinding. Like it is old school ass Final Fantasy. Hmm. So it is made for like, hey, you wanna get further? Here's the long grinding sessions,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: at least from what I've heard. So
0: I'm sure the Switch version, you know, I'm sure the game does favor stop and go playability because it's on the Switch because of the nature of the console. But I mean, it's still also going to favor long play sessions because it's a JRPG like this. It's like Ben said, a classic Final Fantasy esque type of game where you're going to be grinding so I mean it may favor but it definitely is going to lean more towards long play sessions but I I can't say anything for certain because none of us have really played it Vinny's only played the demo and that's a good I'm pretty sure the demo is a good way to get you know the gist of the game and if you're going to like it or not but in terms of pacing I doubt it's going to be very accurate because it's a demo the pacing is going to be easy and quick I mean, yeah, if you're gonna get fair. a demo of a another long RPG game. Like, a, uh, if you had an hour long demo of uh, uh, Tales of Symphonia, off the top of my head, that wouldn't probably be very accurate towards what the game was like because it takes a good couple hours to get into that game, I believe.
1: I don't think I've ever played any Tales game. <laughs> you should. You probably like them. I'm sure I would. I just ask Trim which one you should start with. He'll tell you. Yeah,
0: so three for three with Nintendo this week.
1: Kind of cool. Yeah. Now
0: that we've gotten the video game stuff out of the way, here is your wrestling section brought to you by Ben and Patrick.
2: All right, Marino. Um, Jordan's going to link you a time code to skip over this because I don't want to hear you bitch about it. He doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. <laughs> what, well, true, but in case he does watch in the later, we'll give you a time code so you can skip over. I Basically,
0: you're going to skip ahead 40 minutes right now um, because this is going to be them talking about wrestling for the next 40 minutes.
3: So, Wrestlemania 35 was last night. That sure was a wrestling show.
2: A whole eight hours. Oh, God. It, I
3: thought it was supposed to be four. It was seven and a half. I thought it was supposed to be four.
2: No, Uh-oh. that was like maybe a decade ago. Uh-oh. It
3: started at five and ended at twelve thirty.
2: God Almighty! Jesus!
3: Why is that much? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of uh, It's because
2: Vince McMahon does what he wants to do, and if you don't like it, then too bad.
3: It's not that.
2: The it actual that.
3: reason, the <laughs> actual reason, is with the WWE network. What they like doing for their stockholders is reporting metrics. And the longer the show, the longer the pay-per-view, the more those watch numbers go up. And the bigger the number, the more valuable the stockholders see the network to be.
0: Even though it's artificially spiked because of yes. the long show. Yes. Okay, that's stupid. Yes. That's shitty.
3: Uh, but it started with the Cruiserweight title match, which I really liked. That was a good way to start the show. Then it went to a women's battle royal, to which the woman that was just their champion a week ago, or two weeks ago, one of the two, did not win. She lost. In fact, Carmella won. It was dumb. It was a bad match. <laughs> that sounds like shisho. show. Then the Revival defended the Raw Tag Team titles against Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, and what was surprisingly a really good match. I thought that was going to be terrible. And then in the end, I wasn't even mad at the title change. Because it was a good match. And then there was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. We can just act like that didn't happen.
0: <laughs> Why? You don't like Andre the
3: Giant. Um, the match was just Terrible. It was bad.
2: Basically, what happened was, Jordan, uh, the final three contestants was an actual wrestler and two people from Saturday Night Live. Excuse Those were your final me.
0: three. Excuse me, I couldn't hear you over all that horse
2: shit. That's true facts. Wow. Saturday, Two Saturday Night Live people were at the end of an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Wow. It shows you how much they really care about that concept.
0: Yeah, apparent fucking Lee.
2: They only have this battle royal just to be like, oh, we have all these people that have like probably can wrestle good matches. Here, just throw them in this pointless battle royal, because fucking we don't care about them. I guess
3: So that was the pre-show. And then we got to the main show. Which started with some stupid Alexa Bliss and Hulk Hogan bullshit. And then Paul Heyman walked out in the middle of it and said, you know, we're just going to get this match over with right now. Suddenly Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Lesnar beats Rollins up for a little bit, and then the match starts. You know, Rollins gets beat up more. They do a ref bump spot. Rollins punches Lesnar in the balls, hits him with three curb stomps, and wins. Brock Lesnar literally got squashed. It was my great. My
2: perfect world would have been squashed more, but I'll take this. Yeah, and he's not.
3: He's going to be somewhere else in August. Main eventing UFC 239? Yeah, mm. that one. But uh, next we had AJ Styles versus Randy Orton in one of the most underwhelming matches of the night. What should have been an awesome match wound up being... Uh, it was okay. It was good.
2: Then like half the live crowd wasn't able to see the match.
3: Yeah, half the, the live crowd played. couldn't see the match because they had a light shining directly in their eyes, <laughs> and WWE would not turn it off. Yeah, that went about sixteen minutes too long <laughs> because it was a sixteen minute match. Uh, then we had the SmackDown tag title fatal four way, which was really fun. Ten minutes, and everybody basically got their shit in. It was really good. Then there was Miz and Shane, which started out, and I hated it. I hated it when it started. All because of the stupid shit with Mrs. dad. And then it started to get good. And then they Ms. suplexed Shane off of something really high. And Shane won the match. So it went from... It actually wound up being really fun. That was a good match.
2: I want this to culminate between a father and son versus father and son match.
3: Yeah. That'd be sweet. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Women's tag team title fatal four way match. Mmm. That existed. That was on the card. It's not good. It's not very good. If it was just, it was just, if it was just Divas of Doom in the Boss and Hug connection, that would have been fine. But there, and, mm, mm, mm. I didn't like that match. Then the match of the night, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. That match was fucking awesome. If you want a match that teaches you wrestling psychology, that that's a match that does it.
2: That's one of the matches I actually did see.
3: Like, oh gosh, like if you're a wrestling fan, you owe it to yourself to go and watch that match. That match was amazing. It's probably maybe not my favorite match of the weekend, but it's definitely on my top five. Uh, Next match. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio is just a squash match because Rey's injured.
2: Yeah, so he lost in a minute.
3: Uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. It it was fine. It's kind of boring, but it was fine. I don't really have anything to say about that.
2: The crowd didn't really care. The crowd was basically like, "Can we please get this pit thing over with? We, we want to go home." Then uh,
3: there was Triple H versus Batista. I saw some people say that match was awesome, and like, like there were some good spots in that match. But other than that, I thought it kind of sucked. D- did you see any of that, Patrick?
2: Oh, I saw everything with Kofi onward. It's when I got home.
3: What did you think of that match?
2: I thought it started off weird with Triple H just being completely turning himself into Deathmatch Hunter with the <laughs> pliers, and then ripping the nose ring <laughs> off with pliers. Yeah, it was bizarre. They didn't really use as much weapons as I thought they would. But then what do you expect? They're old. (laughs) They shouldn't be wrestling. Especially for how long this match went for a damn near 25 minutes. Okay, you know
3: what? You know what? If it it doesn't stop Terry Funk, it shouldn't stop the steroid users.
2: Well, yeah, but Terry Funk is a complete insane human being that has done way more stupid shit than both of them combined.
3: All right, you might have a point there.
2: And that's saying a lot. But, like all I'm eh. saying
3: is they should have used a burning table.
2: Shit. I would have popped if they used something really brutal. But, mm, I mean, it was just kind of eh. Then out of nowhere, Batista's like, oh, I'm done, re- I'm done with professional wrestling now. I'm retired.
3: Uh, that's because that's what he was saying in interviews for, like, months.
2: Yeah, I kind of figured. But, like, like one... they
3: never built anything around, like, why didn't you make a career for career?
2: Especially if it was Triple H's match, you know he's going to get a bunch of... Gets what he wants with it, and obviously you can tell with the time because that's one of the longer matches.
3: Yeah, I mean it wasn't so much because that's what Triple H wanted. Batista's been going on about him winning that match for months.
2: But I feel like they could have cut it down, and gave some time. To oh, other they could have
3: cut it down. They should have cut it down. Made it like ten minutes shorter. They could have kept all those big spots in, made it faster paced.
2: Because if you look at the time, that's the longest WrestleMania match was the Triple H and Batista. <laughs> Going shit! To... It was. Yeah, so going
3: fucking weird. Okay.
2: Damn near twenty five minutes, while the main event only went twenty one, which is good for a main event. But I feel like you could have trimmed that down, and, like spaced it out, it would have been a lot better.
3: Yeah. Next, we had Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle.
2: This was a disgusting. I'm gonna thing,
3: ignore though. this match completely because yeah, it was, it was fucking of shit. But... Yeah.
2: There was also an Elias segment, I think, that happened after. Yeah. Batista.
3: Yeah, there was the alive segment where the doctor of thugonomics came out, and I would him.
2: That was sweet.
3: Yeah, that I that was very entertaining. I actually really liked that. That's
2: how. That's how. See, see, children. That's how Cena was before he turned into Big Match, John. He was entertaining.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was. uh, I wouldn't mind if he continued using that gimmick. Fuck sure.
2: That was him during, like, nine, WrestleMania 19 all the right, way up to WrestleMania 21. All that time. It was really good.
3: Uh, then we had Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley.
2: And As, by this point... It a nothing match. By this point, everyone on social media was like, Yeah, the main event, oh, fuck, wait, there's the Intercontinental title match.
3: <laughs> yeah, that match, um... It was a match, I mean, like, it was fine. But, you know... It's whatever. Finn won the title. It was only so, four that's, minutes. That's cool. So I was like... And then it was uh, the Raw Women's. We're on SmackDown Women's title match. Triple so threat. Take all. That was really good. Becky Lynch won by pinning Ronda Rousey. And what they're really... going to work into a controversial decision.
2: Yeah, it was really weird. Um Fam- Apparently, Ronda suffered an injury during that match, like a broken hand.
3: Uh, no, she had a broken hand beforehand. Oof. From what I read that Dave said.
2: I want to know from what, which though. Which, I
3: don't know how she worked a match with a broken hand, but hey.
2: Drinking off Brock Lesnar. At...
3: She's married. But probably. Drinking off Brock Lesnar. No. no, no. Um. But yeah, that match was awesome. I really liked that match. The right one person nitpick. won. We got all the right title changes, Patrick.
2: I know, but the nitpick I have about the main event is that um, table no, spot. No,
3: no, no, that I, I take Disgusting. that back, the iconics one. Yeah, that table spot. There are two table spots where the table didn't break.
2: Yeah, that was, it just had a small crack. I was like, that that was a bad table spot. Redo it again.
3: But it uh yeah. That that's all I got for WrestleMania.
2: I mean the right people won, it's just it's on the matches we could just do without.
3: Yeah, it was and the matches that I thought were going to be good just weren't as good. Like, it kind of underwhelmed, but, like, it wasn't a bad show. It was, uh, it was fine.
2: It was me. Which sucks, because fucking trying to make it eight hours long and fit all these matches in there. Like, that's something you should never do. I know you're yeah. trying to get everyone a chance to shine, but this is not the way to do it.
3: Yeah, 16 matches. Uh, Too many.
2: That is too many. Can,
3: can I be honest? On cards where they have takeover and a pay per view, they need to put the cruiserweight match on the takeover.
2: Yeah, that way the because crowd... if
3: Hunter's running that show, like those fans are going to appreciate that cruiserweight title match so much more than main roster fans. Oh yeah, and you're they're going to have the ability to go on and put like a literal cruiserweight classic.
2: Oh yeah, put on takeover. The crowd's going to eat it up every single second of it, like they always do with takeover shows.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have much more to say.
2: Basically, take basically we're saying takeover attendees are much more cooler and much better and much more appreciative than the main roster pay per view fans.
3: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, those those you know takeover fans, they're like you or me. They're just more hardcore wrestling fans,
2: more passionate, show more love than the casuals that go on the main roster.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that literally, yeah,
2: it's disgusting.
0: Okay, so then, what brass and stuff are you talking about for your your topic, Patrick?
2: TakeOver and the G1 Super Card. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about some really good cards. Mainly, NXT TakeOver is probably the best one. Because it was the shortest, but it had the most... The best matches, in my opinion. There's some other good ones, a Mania and uh, the Super 1 card, but I feel like TakeOver is probably... If you had to pick one to watch, it'd probably be the TakeOver one.
3: Oh, absolutely.
2: Because not only was it the shortest, and only had five matches, but they all all went for quite a lengthy time. I mean, when you got a
3: three-hour show and only five matches, that gives you all the time in the world to, you know, just build good matches consistently.
2: Yeah, that's why NXT is looked at to be the superior brand. Because they actually take their time to develop their characters and wrestlers, to be like, "Oh, we have this bunch of main roster stuff here. Let's throw on like twenty. Let's throw on twelve matches on like our pay per view. Oh, regular pay per view. Let's throw on ten matches, and then have shitty commercials in between sometimes, and then have like wh- horrible storylines that nobody cares about, or just throw people in randomly and just call it good." But then it was NXT Takeover Brooklyn or Takeover New York, I should say. You had the the War Raiders. Taking on Alistair Black and Ricochet in a very, 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 very good opening match.
3: Yeah, that that match. I was. I want to go rewatch that match.
2: I want to. If you want to see a three hundred pound man doing cartwheels and flips,
3: hell yeah, I do.
2: And you could tell just the minute the the entire show started, the crowd was into every single second of not only this match but the entire pay per view in general. You could hardly go with a few minutes without hearing just this crowd just chanting or screaming how good their action was. But the tag team tile match uh, went on for about damn near 19 minutes with the War Raiders taking, uh, defeating Black and Ricochet because, kind of figured they would because Ricochet and Black are going up to the main roster. So, at least they sent them off with a really good tag team opener with the War Raiders with some really good spots, like Ricochet just picking up. Hanson, after he did a dive to him in the corner, just like picking him up and just tossing him in a f- uh, Fucking follow away slam Because as we said, Hanson's about like 300 some pounds ricochets not even 200 pounds. So That's I'm so oh, that was that was a sweet moment and then next we even had uh Another title match which t- all the tiles are defended here. We had a sweet North American Championship match between the Velveteen Dream and the The original bro Matt Riddle Which is very hard-hitting Which I expected Didn't have really too much expectation, but it would turn out a lot better than I thought it would so that's not a sweet plus I feel like the ending of the match was actually really good, too Then didn't really show any weakness for anyone. It just showed that No one really got hurt by At least Matt Riddle didn't get hurt by having his undefeated streak ended there because he lost in a clean way, but like just a counter to his uh, submission. I think it's called the bro mission. Just a sweet counter, just a one, two, three. It was so quick that I was like, oh, match is done. They're like, whoa.
3: Yeah, it was a nice uh, nice sneaky roll-up.
2: Still show that both men could, uh, could still go either way if those two ever lock horns again for the title, which is good. It's what you always need in a match Mm -hmm. so it was a really good match and the velveteen dream retained his north american title and then the next which some people would be considering the night match of the night which i don't blame him for for the wwe United kingdom title with volta versus the six the reigning and defending 650 day champion pete dunn and that was just that was stiff that was rough it was hard hitting Mm. it was brutal those two just like you take those two, and they just start slapping each other. They started kicking each other in the head multiple times back and forth. Pete Dunn's chest was starting to get red real badly because Walter's damn near three hundred pounds. You're just slapping them with those monster-sized just hands, chopping and chop. Each chop electrified, like they echoed throughout the entire arena because they were so stiff and hard. And then you had Pete Dunne like cracking Walter's fingers, just Walter throwing Pete Dunne around, Pete Dunne doing some sweet acrobatic stuff to keep trying to keep Walter down. Which is just a sweet exchange, but then, Walter ended up throning Pete Dunne after 650 days of a very long and lengthy title reign. After a sweet massive super power bomb off the top rope into a giant splash from a damn near 300 pound man. Which is a good good way to end the match. Went almost thirty minutes, which I wouldn't be I wouldn't have been upset. If they went about another ten more minutes. It was a sweet and solid matchup. And then the co main and then the semi main event. Yeah, the NXT Women's Title Fatal Four Match with the champion Sheena Baszler going up against Bianca Belair, Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane. A rather fun, quick match. And then that was good. They got usually got their stuff in, didn't go for very too long, which I think is, it probably played to the strength, because all the other matches were so goddamn good, I'd, it's hard to, like, really put that up with a fatal four-way, because, granted, you could get a lot of people in with their, like, you know, signatures, get their stuff in, but I felt like 15, 17-minute mark was probably a good time frame for all four of these women to, like, show off stuff, and then get the job done, a little bit kind of sad seeing Shayna Baszler retain, but it just opens up the, more doors of opportunities for either Bianca Belair getting one more shot to finally beat her for the title, or getting Io Shirai that finally her first NXT Women's Title match Championship reign. So there's still plenty of things you could do at the next TakeOver, it's just I want to see how they handle it from here with uh, everyone involved. But then we get probably the match of the night for the vacant because uh, that's how cage seats, wants to, cage match wants to spell. vacant. They're it's German.
3: Vac- it's the German word for word for vacant.
2: That yeah, just looked weird for the recently vacated NXT world champion. Best two out of three falls with Johnny Gargano going up against the winner of the Fatal Five-Way of Adam Cole. Which, uh, first, no, the first two falls were just there to set the mood. It then things didn't really get kicked up until the third and final deciding fall, with Adam Cole getting the first fall within 14 minutes over Gargano, and then Johnny Gargano getting the other fall, you know, and probably like seven or so minutes later. Then the final fall, which lasted another 18 minutes of pure insanity, that's when the crowd really started to. Get boosted in there because I felt like the crowd was like slow silent. They weren't really, every single one of them, and like in the crowd wasn't fully behind Gargano until that third fall started kicking and everything started moving to move into place. Which I think is very smart for them to actually, you know, play up the baby role of Gargano's always being the bridesmaid but never the bride at these takeover shows. <laughs> Getting so close to every single time, getting that title, but just barely missing it within a few inches or a few seconds. So it was nice to see him actually take out every single member of the Undisputed Era, and then finally take out Adam Cole for the one, two, three after a sweet forty-minute match. Because if you didn't know the outcome, the match would have been a fo- would have been so perfect. But unfortunately, I saw spoilers, so I knew how it was going to end, but I didn't expect it how ended how it ended because I was a really good way to end it off with Gargano finally, finally getting this title that he deserved for over two years now! It's a very well-deserved title. I just really wish it was uh, Ciampa and Gargano, but unfortunately Champa had to vacate it because he needed neck surgery. Because man, if it was Gargano and Champa, they would have tore the house down immediately. Still giving plenty of credit to Adam Cole though for being a proper fill-in because he put on a very damn near perfect performance as a late as a late-in uh, replacement. But I kind of felt that Jordan Gagano will probably win because they felt uh, spent a lot of time on him, like saying he's he's been waiting so long and so many years just trying to get this one opportunity to finally main event to pay-per-view and win a title. They didn't really do much of that with. Adam Cole, which I wish they could have like at least put something in there. You know, heat it up a little bit, though it would go either way. I'm pretty sure almost everyone knew from the get-go that once Champa got taken out that Gar- Gano was going to win the title regardless, but I don't know, that's just my opinion on it. So I give that uh, pay-per-view probably uh, four five star, or four and a half out of five stars. Like every other TakeOver, it's one of the best shows of the weekend, and everyone should go watch it. Because it's not oversaturated with other pay-per-views, like uh, it's a parent company of the WWE just uh, always need to put on multiple pay-per-views and uh, watering down some of their uh, programs and matches and not making them TakeOver level like they should. But no, that was a Solid, sweet pay per view. I'm glad I actually got to watch it. And then the next night uh, during the, they had their Hall of Fame ceremony, blah blah blah, for the WWE, which apparently some douchebag tried to tackle Bret Hart while giving us the speech. Like a, how old is Bret? Like sixty some years old. Something like that. Something like that, and I know he had cancer, I just forgot, was it prostate cancer? I thought it was pancreatic. pancreas. some, he had, all I know is he had some sort of cancer and some douche, and while he's giving his Hall of Fame speech about being inducted with his uncle, I believe, Jim Anvil, Nightheart, some douchebag, decided to go out there and tackle him in front of their live crowd and everyone was just pissed off about it, which rightfully so. Then Dash Wilder just like punched the shit out of him while he's being escorted out, which I thought was nice. Anyways, uh, we're going to move on to um, the next pay-per-view that's not WWE. It was actually a Ring of Honor slash New Japan World, the G1 SuperCod. Which they had, uh, which if you watched on New Japan World, the first thing you start off with was uh, the Rumble match. Which is basically a thirty-man over-the-top rope battle royale for the number one contendership for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. We'd start off with Kenny King and Minoru Suzuki. I'm not going to list every single participant because I would be here for t- way too long. But you got a mixture of uh, you know your Ring of Honor and New Japan. You know you had like people like you know Chase Owens, Balak Falai, Rocky Romero, the other members of 3K. Marishi and just much other people. I wish uh, he even had the one very over cheeseburger. <laughs> I heard Ben was so very happy to hear about being in the match. So much that he screamed over here on Discord, fucking eliminate cheeseburger! They should have eliminated cheeseburger.
0: Look, I- all I'm saying. For that, for that segment there, all right? I haven't been talking throughout the entirety of this because I don't know about any of it, but this one, I'm literally sitting here on Discord playing some Breath of the Wild, and Ben's just like, fucking eliminate cheeseburger! <laughs> and I never in my life expected to hear him <laughs> utter those words in that in that order, in that sentence. Of I didn't, course I wasn't not. expecting it. Yeah, go ahead, does it. I just, <laughs> just had to interject there.
2: It was interesting because he even had like some surprise uh, entrance, Like uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. He even had Cult Cabana. Hell, he even had... Haku uh, Cabana? No. Tucky. He even had uh, King Haku. And even the Great Muda at number 30, which everyone was shocked about. It's like that that when I was watching on New Japan World, they had to alter some of the entrances. So that was upsetting didn't hear no Kaza. It's because it was an
3: ROH stream and they didn't have like the
2: rights for Kaze, Nina, Ray. It a, was annoying. It was a little disappointing, yeah. So I went on for about 42 minutes or so with uh, with uh, Kenny King, This summary, I don't know how he did it. I think he just like slid underneath the bottom rope and hid because it was down to Juice and Thunder Liger and the Great Muda and then Kenny King decided to be a douchebag and just come in there and just ruin all the fun. So we got some heat, real heat, real quick. Which after seeing some of those participants, I really want to see Minoru Suzuki in his prime versus Aku in his prime. I feel like that'd be a one of, that'd be a disgustingly stiff match, where both men would want to kill each other physically and literally. But then we actually got to the main start, main start, where we had the Ring of Honor television t- champion Jeff Cobb versus the never openweight champion Will Ospreay in a winner take all match which is it would be the will, will be the first of uh, quite a few winner take all matches which is a fucking sweet match that was really that was a great match great way to start it off cuz I'm always a fan of high aerial stuff I really liked what Jeff Cobb showed me uh, I didn't I haven't seen some of these ring of Honours People, but seeing what they showed, that was that was some really good wrestling. When you had Jeff, and then you had Jeff Cobb defeat Osprey for the the retainers world television title, and then take the never open white towel. And then, if you want to talk about squash matches, this next one's a fucking squash match with uh, Dalton Castle losing in fifteen seconds to. I know it's spelled rush, but they said it like Roosh. It's Roosh, yeah. Yeah, Roosh. Buried him in, like, 15 seconds with, like, three quick drop kicks. Just boom, 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 oh, you're done. And then uh, Dalton Castle got really pissed off and beat up the boys. Because, <laughs> yes, Jordan, his entourage is called the boys. And they're, like, peacocks or whatever the hell. And do t- they just, do they walk around saying, we damn boys?
3: Actually, no, that's the Briscoes. <laughs> oh. I'm serious.
2: Mark and Jay J- Briscoe. Okay. And then next you had the Ring of Honor Women of Honor World Title Match, World Champion Match with the champion Muya Iwana. Fuck, I don't even know how that this Miyu Iwanati versus uh, Kelly Klein Miyu for Iwitani. the title, for which Iwitani. was you know a pretty solid match. One second. Okay, so you had the you had the challenger Kelly Klein <laughs> versus the current champion at the time Mayo Iwatani. I think that's how you say it. enter again in a second. And apparently going into this match. Both these women were 2-2 two and two against each other. So this is the third and final fall. Or best. Whoever won this was probably the better out of the two of them. Which you know it was a solid. It was a decent match. Between the two. With uh, Kelly Klein retaining. Or being crowned the new champion. And then you had Angelina Love. and Fucking. Velvet Sky come out and do some horse shit. So that was, eh. And then next they had the Bully Rays open, or New York open street fight, which was accepted by Flip Gordon, and then Shane Taylor and Silas Young interfered, and then Juice Robinson and, and, uh, Mark Haskins of Lifeblood just come out and make it a six-man tag match, or a six-man tornado hardcore tag. You know, it was just a followed the street fight, just weapons being used. Bully Ray getting his ball smashed a few times. Him selling it. It was great. It was fun. But then you had Flip Gordon Lifeblood, the Defeat Bully Ray, Shane Taylor, and Silas Young. And then the next match. The one match I really wanted to go for a lot longer than it did. Because it probably would have been my match of the weekend. Was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Three wave. With the champion of Bullet Club... Taiji Ishimori defending against Bandito and Dragon Lee, and it only went for eight minutes, sadly, or nine minutes. Wish it went longer, but probably time constraints. It was a good match. Always a fan of flippy shit, and uh, Dragon Lee actually got the pinfall over Bandito to uh, win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title. So I feel like Taiji Ishimori will get his rematch soon. Not right away, probably, but soon. And then you had the another unification match of the IWGP Tag Team Champions and the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions with the Gorilla of Destiny, Tammy Tonga and... or Tammy Tonga and Tonga Lo, the IWGP Tag Team Champions, going against the Villain Enterprise, the holder of not only the ROH Six-Man Tag Team Champions, but the ROH Tag Team Champions of Brody, King, and PCO versus the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe, and Evil and who are representing Los Ingobernables de Japan, back in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it was a fine, it was a pretty, f- pretty average, okay match. With all the talent involved, you can only do so much with four people. PCO looked like a fucking monster, taking a s- massive double team powerbomb all the way to the outside and almost getting back up immediately. But then the Grills of Destiny retained, not only the IWGP, but became the, became the Ring of Honor tag team title holders, and then you had some two fucking dipshits decide to come out there and try to start a fight with uh, the Briscoes and other wrestlers, which, trying to get the names for themselves.
3: Oh, they weren't trying to get names for themselves.
2: I know, they're trying the to- The
3: company was trying to give them names because they signed them.
2: Yeah, that's disgusting. People were probably upset by that. Because I didn't. Because at first I was like. You know if this actually was real. Like they did the camera work to show it wasn't. Like they're intruders. But. If there was actually in real. Like they were trying to kick them out. They would have kicked them out a lot faster. Because I'm like. Hmm. I wonder if this is a shoot or a work. Only to find out that it's just. Uh, yeah they're just doing this to get it work. I was like oh great. Because everyone wants to see Enzo. And. Back in a wrestling ring, Big Cass. Whatever, I'm fine with him. He can at least have an okay match. Enzo Amore can't wrestle for shit though. So much for that rapping career, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that, that was that was that was And then next you had your Rev Pro Wrestling undisputed British heavyweight title. The champions, Xaver Junior, going against Hiroshi Tanahashi, which. Ooh. Just looking at Zack Sabre Jr., if you, don't, if you don't watch wrestling, you just look at Zack Sabre Jr., you're probably thinking he's a scrawny piece of shit that you, could probably kick it, that you could probably beat up. That is until you get in a wrestling match with him and then he breaks your arm within two seconds in very, very interesting ways, because that is a man. If I had to make a top five list of people I would refuse to do ground wrestling work with, he's one of them. He'll, he can take any ligament or body part on you and put it in a very painful submission mode. Very painful submission move. About four or five creative ways. All looking different, all with the same painful results of it breaking or tearing ligaments. He's a very scary man to wrestle. Which was proven here after having a okay match with Roshi Tanahashi and making him tap out in a very, very painful move. And then after that you have the IWGP Intercontinental title match with the, with the champion Tetsuya Naito versus Kota Ibushi, which is a very, that was a really good match too. I feel like it was, I felt like they probably did better in their uh, New Japan Super Cup when they had their match there. I felt like it was probably slightly better than this, but hey, at least Kota Ibushi finally achieved a so-called godlike figure Like his two idols, Shinsuke Nakamura and Roshitana Ashi, and finally winning the IWGP Intercontinental title from Tetsuya Naito, who he feels has just treated the title like absolute shit. Saying he wasn't buying it. So he beat that. So he beat him in a very fun, very good match. I would definitely recommend watching. And then you had the Ring of Honor main event, with uh, the Ring of Honor world title being decided in a three-way ladder match with the Villain, the villain himself, Marty Scurll, Matt Taven, and the champion Jay Lethal. In A rather interesting, very spotty, very, very entertaining ladder match, which had Jay Lethal losing because apparently he had he had a very long and lengthy R.H. title reign, which uh, he broke a record and just two reigns for like over seven hundred days, which is I always knew he was going to be a big star after watching him. An Impact like over 10 years ago when he was black machismo Jay Lethal. Which by the way, he does a very, really good Macho Man impressionation. Even the Macho Man approved of it himself. But right now we had Matt Taven, which the crowd did not want to see at all. They rather they wanted to see either Jay Lethal retain or very yet they wanted Marty Skrull. They did not want uh, Matt Taven winning. The crowd just completely shattered him when he was up there by himself when he pulled the title down. <laughs> Which is like, ooh, we got some heel heat, which is good. And then, finally, the real main event of Ben's favorite IWGP champion, Jay White, defending his title against the real champion in all our hearts of Kazuchika Okada, looking for his fifth title reign for the IWGP heavyweight champion.
3: That match was great.
2: Oh, it was. Not as good as the
3: Ibushi and Naito match, but it was... It was awesome. Really good.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Besides the rumble match, the Okada one was the longest match, which very, which rightfully so. He needs he needs to have the longest matches on the card because he can actually handle it. He's proven that time and time out. He can have an hour long, hour plus matches multiple times throughout the year. Which I'm glad that he will forever, hopefully forever, stay as a faithful to New Japan. Cause he, that's that's where he belongs. That's where he needs to stay. And the company has really large faith in him, cause they've had him beat Jay White up to get him like three to four Rainmakers at the end there in a row. It was a really fucking good match. The longer it went, the more Okada had the edge, because he's used to having those really long and endu- tough endurance matches. So he finally, so he won. The crowd exploded and everyone was loving it and now he's the 69th IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Which I thought it was funny when they they were doing like the showing like they usually do for a big title matches for the IWGP, showing like the past champions. The minute I got to like Brock Lesnar, everyone started shing on it, which I thought was great. Then it got to AJ Styles, everyone popped. Got to Omega, got to uh, Okada, everyone popped. Got to Omega, everyone popped. Then when I got to Jay White, everyone started shing on it again. <laughs> And that was uh, the G1 Supercard and Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Which was probably the second best show out of Mania and TakeOver. With probably the favorite match of the entire weekend probably being the Gargano and Adam Cole. Only for that last fall being so goddamn emotionally good. Because I'm not sure how I would rank them except if I had to do five top matches, it would probably be Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito, Kazuchika Kato versus Jay White, Kofi and Brian at Mania. Obviously, the previously said Gargano and Adam Cole and probably Walter and Pete Dunne. They're probably to be on my top five matches of the entire weekend. Out of those three, at least. I want you to go watch them.
0: I probably won't. Because <laughs> I don't watch no wrestling. You're probably a better man for it. That was a lot of wrestling.
2: Well yeah, that's what happens with the WrestleMania weekend.
0: Yeah, a lot of wrestling all at once and all crazy like and just makes you feel like uh, makes you feel like Frank and go say, Wow. If that is all for the wrestling stuff, then we are going to take a break and then we will jump into what we've been up to. Alright, welcome back, folks. It's time to talk about what the f*** we've been up to. And yes, I've been adding in the bleep over that word, because I think it's funny to call it that. So, as usual, I'll start us off. I haven't been doing a wide variety of things. I've been doing one thing in particular. Last week, I think it was Monday, maybe. don't remember what day, but last sometime this past week. I picked up The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, for the Nintendo Switch for thirty bucks. I've played the Wii U version. I have Patrick's uh, copy of the Wii U version actually that he let me play. And I, you know, put a lot of hours into it because this is this gig I'm just in love with. And I, you know, got all the uh main dungeons defeated and a whole bunch of stuff and was on the route to clearing all the shrines and it just there's a whole bunch of places that are laggy but doesn't keep you from playing a game um but i don't know why i just i guess dropped it at some point because i did so much stuff i felt like i couldn't do a whole lot else even though there probably was and i really wanted to get the switch version because the switch version runs better and i just you know switch version so lo and behold i waited long enough and finally found it for an affordable price of 30 bucks instead of 45 50 60 bucks and that is literally all that I have been playing the entire past week. I haven't played pretty much any other video game besides a couple Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardies here and there. Like it's just been this. And let me tell you, it it deserved its Game of the Year for the year it won. Like it it's 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 hard for me to describe. How this game makes me feel. There's not a lot of games that I genuinely fall in love with. Like I I play a lot of video games and they are awesome. Like God of War, that that is an awesome game. And I was totally engrossed in it. It's but this game for some reason just does something different for me. It's like it's just like love. Pure love for a video game. It's weird. And I just get lost in it. Like at Everything that you can do, all the little tidbits and details, you could ride your horse through the whole game. You could just, you know, fast travel through the whole game. You could walk on foot to every location. You could do whatever you want. But if you take your time, you see so many neat little things, and you, and then and then you think, wow, there's a lot of detail in this game. This huge game, like. I'm not going to go on about it forever. Everyone's already gone on about it. It's been out for well over two years now, I think. But, man, it's such a good game, and I am so extremely happy that I got finally got it for the Switch. It is everything I'd hoped for. It runs much better. All the laggy places in the Wii U version are significantly reduced in lag. Uh, Kakariko Village doesn't lag for me hardly at all on the Switch version. So it's it's nice. There's a lot of a lot of improvements in terms of performance. Otherwise, it's the same game. Looks the same. I don't notice any visual difference. Um, I just finished the Vaburta Shrine or not shrine, but Divine Beast, and which is the Zora area, and I've got uh, thirty four shrines beaten. I need to get to forty so I can go ahead and get the master sword. I just went and got the Hylian Shield, which is difficult to get to in the basement of Hyrule Castle, which you're not supposed to really go to until you're ready to beat the game, but you can go there whenever you want and get some pretty good weapons and stuff. Um but yeah. Uh I intend to complete all the shrines and do everything in the game and then buy the DLC. I know Beck wants me to buy it beforehand because there's no real reason not to buy it beforehand. But I kind of want to buy the DLC after I do all the shrines in the base game. Because, I mean, the DLC did release after the base game, so probably wouldn't hurt to do it that way anyways. But yeah, um, I would not be surprised if I'm able to go back and check and see that I have over 100 hours in the game already. I don't think I do, but I wouldn't be surprised. That's all I've been doing, though, is literally just Breath of the Wild. How about you? being
3: um outside of wrestling not really much but super dragon ball heroes came out and i've been messing around with that a little bit that's a very fun game uh it's just a really simple strategy-based card game um you know there's really not all too much to say about it uh when, when you get into the battles with the other team uh, what it comes down is basically to a quick time event where you know you, uh, you know the Budokai three, uh, key gauge thing when you're doing an ultimate attack, where you keep pressing down on the, the what was it the square of the X button,
0: mm, I think so yeah,
3: um, to fully fill up the key gauge. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what these battle systems are based off of. Except you don't have to keep pressing it. It's a one time button press, and depending on who has filled their key gauge up more depends on, you know. How well they can block the attack, or how well you can land the attack. Okay. Um, you know, you basically have three attack fields, um, and depending on which attack field your characters are in, uh, depends on how much stamina uh, they'll use, and what super attacks they can use. Some cards will actually like have um, these like little bonus moves toward the end. So, for example, like Hit has this uh, double attack combo, and in some cases, if he is filled up even further, he has a double rush combo, I think it is. Or, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, the first one is a second attack and the other one is a a double rush. On the double rush, you pick Hit, and then you pick literally any other character. So, say, if you want Hit and Jiren to go and beat the shit out of whoever, you know, they're targeting, you can have them team up and you know you basically just got to do a bunch of quick time attacks to you know charge up you know their attack power and you know then they just go out and they they hit their ultimate attack vegeta has uh what's called a god meteor where you draw a heart on the screen and or not a heart a star Jeez, that'd be really weird uh, if you're I was drawing gonna a, heart say with vegeta. a heart yeah um but you draw a star on the screen and then he like it's almost like the death ball, except it's a giant meteor. Okay. Uh, but With yeah, plugs, but okay. just just a lot of like really cool fan service. I'm actually gonna hook it up to my capture card when I my I uh plug in my Switch and show it to you guys in a minute, because I really want to show it to you guys. I was about um, to ask,
0: is it fan service the game just like the Super Dragon Ball Heroes anime thing?
3: Yes. Yeah. like,
0: that anime, every time I see a screen cap, I see some sort of fan service. Now I'm seeing Baby Vegeta, basically, and all this other horse shit. And then I see God Goku, or Angel Goku. Like, literally, he went and trained with the Supreme High Angel, Mm -hmm. or Supreme High Priest guy, and came dressed just like him. And it's like, that is nothing but, like, the type of speculation fans make, just, like, it is literal fan service.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's... But it's it's, it's nice to see, because you get to see GT Goku,
0: Super Saiyan 4, go against Super Saiyan Blue Goku, and then GT Goku's stronger. And it's weird.
3: Yeah, it's like, and it's all like, they're all models that like, since it's on PC, you could easily like, port them over to like, Xenoverse 2 or something like that, and have even more custom characters, because like, you know, you have Super Saiyan 3 adult Gohan, and he's not in his adult outfit... He's in his Teen Gohan outfit, so he's dressed up like Piccolo, and he's Super Saiyan 3.
0: Is there Super Saiyan 3 Vegeta, though? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, Super Saiyan 3 Vegeta existed before this game. Yeah, I know. Because it was introduced in Raging Blast. Um,
0: I was half making a joke at Vegeta never going Super Saiyan 3, canonically.
3: But yeah, I've got, like, Ultra Instinct Goku. I've got... um, like, it, it, it's just... I've got Khalifa, I've got Jiren, I've got... Uh, like, there's also, like, a bunch of, like, random costumes, right? So, like, I've got normal Frieza, and then I got Frieza with a halo over his head from, you know, when he was dead. Then there's, like, Xeno Goku, which is Time Traveler Goku, and he's got his own custom outfit, which is cool. And then there's, like, Adult Goten, like, it... Fan y cool shit, and uh, yeah.
2: But we're Super Saiyan 3 Broly, though. Uh, oh. Because that was another thing they threw in Raging Blast. I don't know. Raging Blast is a lot better than Raging Blast 2.
0: Well, Vinny, how
1: about you? What have you been up to? I think the same as me, somewhat. So, when I went and was doing this sitting in the call with Beck the other day, I expected that you'd be disappointed when you found out, but you weren't. So I went and I modded my Switch so that I could play modded Breath of the Wild. And I've been playing through it, same as you and same as Beck. But instead, I've imported uh, a model of Linkle to play as her instead. I have a question. What?
3: So are you just never going to play online games on your Switch again?
1: Let's see. I mean, I don't play normally. <laughs> Tetris ninety nine. I mean, I yeah, I play Tetris ninety nine, but that's really it. Most stuff that I play is single player. So. Also, doesn't instantly permaban you. Yeah, if you're hacking while online, yeah, they would catch you on that. But if it's if you're in airplane mode, or you have their servers blocked, you're not gonna be found out. Plus, it only. Does this stuff while I'm in the specific mode for it? I can boot up normally and it won't have a thing. It won't okay. have any of the homebrew stuff. But uh, it's model, it's armor for her, and it's voice clips for her, and it's really nice. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever gonna go back to playing as regular Link again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause that... Seeing that was weird. I was like, wait a minute,
0: did you? And I thought he was doing the Wii U version at first, but he <laughs> d- he did the Switch version because
1: you know, Homebrew is a thing for the Switch already. I mean, it has been for a while. And it was easier than I thought.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Although I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the little jig that I bought. Um, I bought it a while back because I knew I wanted to mess around with the Switch eventually. I just didn't know when. So I already had it on standby when I decided to start messing around. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's really nice, really fun. There's also themes for the Switch home menu. I haven't installed one yet, but I saw a couple cool ones online. Like I saw a Metroid one that I think Jordan would like. I have to find it again so I can send it to him. I forgot. Wait, to... you can
0: install custom themes once it's hacked. That's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. The Switch needs themes like the
0: 3DS. Yes, it does. Because the only I... thing that's good about the way it looks is dark
1: mode. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I haven't really done too much with it yet, so that's really all I have. I've been playing Breath of the Wild is Linkle.
0: Well, then, Patrick, is this accurate to what's been going on for you, besides wrestling?
2: Uh, no, that was actually really fucking wrong, actually. I thought so. I'd be forgetting uh, that I've been playing non-stop of Xenoblade Chronicles 2.
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, since I got home, I forgot.
2: Cause I've been playing that a lot more than you've been playing Breath of the Wild.
0: Yeah, you have, actually. Have you been enjoying the game, though? I think you have.
2: Yeah, better than you've been enjoying Breath of the Wild, I would say.
0: I mean, I don't know about that. But I'm glad you're enjoying it. Bet doing. on that? I mean, I don't want to bet because I'm not you and you're not me, so.
2: Make a $5 bet. I mean, not there's no way opinions, to prove. I uh, I can't go either way. Do what? They a bet on each other's pennies that can't go either way.
0: I mean, yeah, but there's but there's it's where would the lose. solution come
2: from? It's a lose lose situation.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we'd both be just giving each other five dollars, which would mean we wouldn't be giving each other five dollars, which would mean we'd just sit there and we'd we both just light five dollars on fire. That's what it is. We'd both just light a five dollar bill on fire.
2: No, I just put the tr- I just put a Trump stamp on the five dollar bill and just take your five dollar bill.
0: Okay, but that leaves me with the shitty five dollar bill.
2: Exactly. That way you can trade it in, then people then you can start talking about Trump at your uh local ah uh, fucking no. Kroger. Forgot no. The name of it.
0: <laughs> no. No thank you.
2: No, no thank you. Or at the no. pharmacy. No thank you. <laughs> so I couldn't even I don't even remember last time when I recorded the podcast where it was. All I know is I'm at Just started Chapter 5.
0: That's pretty far along, I think.
2: Especially at like 20-some hours. uh, Yeah. I'm taking a rather moderate pace. Make sure I'm at least a decent level for areas.
0: Yeah. You'd think Vinny would be paying attention and chiming in since you're talking about Xenoblade. Distracted from stuff in his household
2: i mean there isn't really much to say i've just been on like chapter five and doing some stuff here and there so i've really been doing yeah because i just because i just fought the giant robot rosa and then did the fight after that and then i've watched the cutscene of this pre preached thing and then had a flashback and then we're on a ship and then i got saved and i turned it off I didn't want to touch the game after that, so like I need to go to bed. This is a good stopping point, and then I didn't have time to play it at all yesterday. Well no, nah, I've just been working.
0: Well that ain't enough. Before we uh, wrap things up here, something that I just found out that I want to mention. It's you know not really too important, but um, Howls Moving Castle is airing in theaters uh the seventh, eighth, and tenth. The seventh and eighth apparently are the subtitled versions, and the tenth Is the uh, dubbed version. And. I'm really thinking of going and seeing this tonight. I've seen the dubbed version. It's a great movie. But I haven't seen the sub version. And that could arguably be better. So I really am tempted to go and see this tonight. Because they have the the location. Movie theater nearest me. uh, Actually has. Is going to be showing it. So. Yeah, I that this is this could be some good stuff. Um, I'm I'm thinking about going to see that tonight. I just want to mention that because it just it looks so cool. Like that, uh, just why why are they airing it in theaters? Where it's are awesome.
2: they airing? Forgot.
0: Uh, Howl's Moving Castle, Studio Ghibli movie. Oh. So oh, it's for the 15th anniversary. That's why. So 15th anniversary of uh, Howl's Moving Castle. And it's a, it's a great movie. Like it, It's genuinely a great, great movie. But yeah. I guess that wraps things up for today's episode of the Lacadaisical Podcast. I would like to thank you all for tuning in to this week. Hope you uh, enjoyed the Rassle Talk and the games and the leaks. Um, if that Nintendo Direct happens, then this episode's going up the day after that. So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed that and we'll cover that next week. Um, if it does come to fruition. If you'd like to find us on Twitter, you can find me at Jazawa Toad, you can find Vinny at or yeah, Vinny at Place I'm doing this out of order apparently. You can find Ben at VidSigma, and you can find Patrick at assassin underscore volk. And if you would like to follow the official Twitter for the podcast, it is at Like a, a cast, and that is spelled L-A-C-K-A, D-A-I-S-I-C-A-S-T. Slide into anyone's DMs, they might be open. Uh, I think they're open, I've been saying they're open, so I assume they're open, but we don't know for sure, because we don't know how to check, Um, and we will catch you guys next week!